The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So in the last few times in this class, when I've been here, we've been exploring what it means to practice in our lives with everything that's happening in our lives. And today, given what's been going on in the world, I thought I'd talk about what it means to practice with that, to practice with particularly difficult news. In the last few weeks, we've had two major mass shootings here in the United States. And many, many, many others. I read uh, read that over the weekend there were 14 events that qualified as mass shootings. Most of which apparently don't make the major news, but only make their local news, which is kind of amazing that that can happen. And so what does it mean to meet this with our practice? How do we meet this kind of content in our daily lives? Content that's not necessarily about our personal experience, but has ripples, more than ripples sometimes, reminds us of our vulnerability or perhaps touches on things that have happened to us in the past or things that have happened to people close to us. So this is this is about bringing our mindfulness practice to the everyday stuff of our lives, the content of what's happening, the context in which we're living. Our sitting practice and our sitting practice and our formal meditative practice, we often Maybe we take a break from the content of our lives a little bit and we're often encouraged to let go of our thoughts and just come back to our present experience. And often that instruction, let go of the thoughts and come back to the present moment experience is interpreted as let go of the thoughts and anything related to the thoughts and come back to just something that is here like the breath. But what is here when we have been thinking thoughts, and I pointed to this in the guided meditation, but as here when we've been thinking thoughts are the ripples of those thoughts, the emotions that may have arisen with those thoughts, body sensations that may have come along with those emotions. And that's here in the present moment experience. And so this is one place we can begin to integrate our sitting meditation practice with the practice of working with content in our lives. When we, when we notice thought in our sitting meditation practice, and I, I suggested this, that 
when you notice that you, your mind has wandered. There may be experience now in the present moment that's been shaped by those thoughts. Emotions or moods or body sensations. And that is something to notice. In fact, it's really useful to notice it because if you kind of skip over it to just go to your breath or something, there's often a whole bunch that's going on in the background that kind of it gets it gets it gets kind of pushed underground and also informs or affects how we're relating to our experience. And so opening to how we are having been thinking, all the emotions, all the moods, all the thoughts, all the uh, body sensations, what's here now having been thinking. So that's kind of the the exploration in our daily lives when we meet the content of our world, the content of of the news. That's kind of as if, you know, the world has given us a thought. It's not one that's necessarily arisen in our own minds, you know, just out of the blue, but opening the news, there's headlines, and those become thoughts. They affect us. And so how how do they affect us? How do these these this news uh, affect us? And can you be open and curious about how it's affected you? without judgment and without indulgence. This place of mindfulness, which is open to being with whatever's here, including anger, including hatred, including fear, and yet does not run away with it. So that place of, this is what it's like to be a human being experiencing anger. This is what it's like to be a human being experiencing hatred. The news of the last few weeks, hearing about mass shootings, so likely to trigger this kind of response. Hatred breeds hatred, anger breeds anger. And if we're um, not aware of it or feeling like being aware of it is somehow uh, a problem, that somehow having those emotions is not okay within the field of mindfulness, then it it can tend to encourage them. It, It will either push them underground or we'll run away with them. We'll just keeping, keep thinking those thoughts and reflecting on thinking about the, that. When we're angry, it tends to breed more anger in our minds when we're not mindful of it. And that's a, that's a place of learning to trust the capacity for mindfulness to actually hold things like anger and fear and hatred the trust that it is valuable to be with those emotions for the learning that happens with them, 
the understanding of how they affect us, how they feel, and what they're connected to. And so anger, hatred, fear, often connected with helplessness, hopelessness, confusion, fear underneath anger and hatred often. And so opening to those as well with mindfulness. These feelings often come quickly when we get news like this. And so how to practice with it. This is my my interest in, in speaking today is to really kind of talk about ways to um, support us in working with being mindful of this kind of reactivity when we read something, when we have a situation in our lives like this. I like to encourage a take, let's say, taking time to explore how you are, especially in a time like this. My 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 sense is with a lot of people right now, this is kind of bubbling. In it, you know, it, it may not be, it may not be continually present, but opening the news each day, there it is again. You know, so it's kind of bubbling a little bit. And um, if, if, it, if it is doing that, if it's bubbling with you, then it can be useful to pick some time during the day to actually consciously work with this. So like, like you would do a sitting meditation, you know, take some time to sit down and actually bring this into mind and explore how you are with it. So this is what I would call a reflective practice. We consciously bring our mindful, meditative practice to particular content of our lives. I'm going to describe this reflective practice first and then talk about a little bit how I have been exploring it in in this time. So the reflective practice, it's useful to pick a particular time when you know you have a little bit of time. It might be, you know, it could be 10 minutes, 15 minutes. It could be longer. Sometimes I find it useful to really take a good chunk of time, 30 minutes or so, to to let myself really feel how I am with a particular content, with particular uh, situation. But it might be, it might be shorter. It might be 10 or 15 minutes. And I would let yourself remember, okay, this is the intention here and now in this time is to explore how I am in relationship to a particular particular content, particular situation. And so let yourself start by remembering that and perhaps taking a few breaths, settling just a little bit. It's almost like um, letting yourself gather some resources to help you meet 
what you're what you're going to be facing. So let yourself collect a little bit, and then either you know so bring in then bring into mind, allow yourself to recollect the situation that you're interested in reflecting with. So right now I'm just talking about this this generally, um, how to do reflective practice generally. So you you let yourself find a space and time to settle, then um, um, know that you're going to be connecting with some particular content, and then bring in that content either through a thought, an image, a memory, a sentence or a phrase. And I would encourage that to be a relatively concise thing. You know, if it's a memory, it can be useful to let yourself hover with that memory for, you know, 30 seconds or so, kind of let yourself recreate that content. So here's where you're letting yourself bring thoughts into your mind. And then the intention is, at that point, after you've really kind of connected with that content, let that content settle in. Then let go of the content and feel how you are having had that content in your heart and mind. Feel the body. Feel the emotions, the moods. Notice what's there, how it's changing, any thoughts that kind of pop in. Often with something charged, there can be quick thoughts that will arise. And, and in that case, you don't have to repress the thoughts, but notice that they happen. And again, see if you can notice, well, how did that one affect me? How did that thought affect me? So it really keeps coming back to how are you given the content? Also a useful exploration, uh, often when we explore body sensation with, um, with strong content like this, we may be familiar with looking at particular contractions or sensations, this constriction of the throat or clenching in the stomach or a tensing of muscles in the hands or face. We might notice very specific kinds of uh, body sensations. And there's also another flavor of body sensation that's more diffuse or a broader sense. Um, I, I have used in the past few months the analogy both of the analogy of of looking up at the night sky and seeing the Milky Way that kind of diffuse thing that you you can see something that's diffuse and not the specific patches within the Milky Way so we can we can have a sense of that broad meeting something broad or the northern lights which kind of has a fluctuating quality to it but also something which is very broad. And so we can understand that our, our system knows how to meet broad things at the visual field. It also knows how to do it in the hearing field, kind of just the ambient sound. We also know how to do that in our physical domain. There's a capacity to do that within our physical experience. It's a little harder to touch into at times, but sometimes that's useful. So with this content, bringing in this content, not only the, the specific body sensations of particular constrictions or contractions, the particular 
emotions or moods, but how am I, how is the whole experience? What is the broad sense of this experience? That can be a useful inquiry, a useful exploration, investigation. So with this, with this, this is really meeting just how you are with it, opening to the fullness of it, opening to all of the emotions, all of the responses, reactions, not judging and not indulging. So exploring that terrain. And if you can get to a place where there's a sense of, oh, wow, I feel this. I feel how hard this is. I feel how painful this is. Then sometimes it can also be useful to check in or drop in a little bit more. You know, what else is here with this? Something else that might be below the surface. What else might be here with this? that might begin to touch into some of the deeper underlying feelings of vulnerability. Of lack of safety, of the relationship we have to the fact that experience is impermanent, it's unreliable, and we have not a lot of control around things that happen. So that's a description of this reflective practice a little bit. The way I've been, a way, a way, one way I've been working with this uh, over these last weeks is when I open my uh, my computer to look at the news, I read the, the news on the computer, I remind myself that I'm interested in exploring how it is to be with the content that's going to be there in the news. So I'm kind of prepare myself in a way and explore, you know, okay, here I'm, I'm, I'm going to let myself relax a little bit, know that there may be something challenging to see or read. And um, I kind of like prepare myself to be curious about how I am without judgment and without indulging. So I open the news, the computer, and I read, I'll read something, I'll read something. I read a headline, one headline, and then I stop. How is that? Just a headline is often, you know, especially in times like this, a headline is often sufficient content to really let us land with something. And maybe the headline is is all we need to connect because as we go in and start to read, it often triggers the, you know, the thinking process and it triggers all of the ideas and beliefs and views that we have connected with it. The headline might be enough. And the headline may be a better place to connect with the emotional response. So read that headline and then take a few minutes. Again, you know, this this is a practice. I'm talking about a practice to 
explore how to meet these things. How do we bring this into our lives? And this practice, what I've seen doing this kind of practice is that it, it, um, it creates capacity for the mind to be able to meet this kind of uh, content more dynamically, more with more capacity to hear something and immediately know, oh, this is how I am with it. At first, it can take some back and forth. It can take, you know, read that headline and, and feel into it, take some time to feel into it. Feel the body, feel the whole thing. Notice the emotions that are there, any deeper uh, sense of what's there. And, and this does get to be something that we have capacity with as we practice it. So it's initially more of a, of a practice. Open the news and know that you may take 10 minutes for one headline. 10 or 15 minutes for one headline. So I'd like to um, play with this with you for not 10 minutes, but maybe five or six minutes to bring in a headline from this morning. I think it actually appeared a day or so ago. It's a relatively, uh, in terms of the ones that we've been experiencing, it's it may be one that you can uh, hold with some amount of uh, capacity. So I'm going to bring in this headline. So right now, just, you know, as I'm going to bring in this, this phrase, it's a, it's a couple of sentences, know that the exploration is going to be to notice how it is for you to hear this and to be curious. How does this human being respond hearing this? So let yourself connect with yourself. Feel how you are now. Maybe explore a little bit of relaxation. Just just know if there's tension, seeing if there can be a softening. And connect with the intention to be curious about how this particular headline lands. What happens? Two fourth grade siblings went to school in Uvalde on Tuesday. Andrea came home. Jose didn't. So what happens? Just holding that phrase. What emotions arise? What body sensations happen?
How does the whole thing feel? Noticing if thoughts come up. And if they do, not to repress them, but also to honor the feelings that they connect with more than following the thoughts. Two fourth grade siblings went to school in Uvalde on Tuesday. Andrea came home. Jose didn't. Can you be aware of what's here? Can the heart be open even if there's constriction? Can there be a broadening, an opening of the container to hold everything. And maybe in that holding, the field that holds the experience, maybe there can be a softness there, holding whatever is coming up. There may be reactive emotions happening. And if there are, honoring those and exploring that maybe those are also connected to something deeper. What else might be here with whatever's happening? Maybe there's a feeling of vulnerability, often connected underneath a feeling of hopelessness or helplessness. A feeling of uncertainty, a longing for safety. Those Feelings are often in the mix. Or perhaps exploring the broader container of holding, maybe both the reactivity and the wish for ease and happiness and safety.
holding that wish for ease and happiness and safety even with the unreliability and uncontrollability of the world. Maybe the heart can hold both. The intersection of these wishes for safety and the unreliability is often where the reaction comes, the anger, the fear, the confusion. So holding that with it too. Mindfulness can hold a lot. Two fourth grade siblings went to school in Uvalde on Tuesday. Andrea came home. Jose didn't. Allowing mindfulness to hold the whole thing. How does the whole thing feel? I'd like to take a few minutes in just a moment to see how that was, what you felt, what you explored. But before that, I want to just say a a last piece or two. Sometimes it can feel like simply being with the feelings is not enough in a time like this. And we want to do something. Of course we want to do something. And what I propose is that this kind of exploration can create the conditions for connecting with a response that comes from a deeper place, that connects with the truths that things are unreliable, often uncontrollable, and our deeper wishes for the well-being, happiness, safety of, of ourselves and families and all beings. 
when that wish, which is a valid wish, we might feel at times, at times like this, that either the truth of impermanent and uncontrollable or the wish that there be safety and happiness, that one or the other is not valid. That either the world is it's, it's somehow fundamentally wrong, or these wishes are not valid. And, and as, as I said a few moments ago, that the, the kind of the collision of these two, or the, the tangling of these two, it's like these are, these are threads of our experience. This wish for safety, happiness, well-being is, is, is a deep thread of wholesome, beautiful uh, part of, of us as human beings. This wish, this meta-wish, this wish for kindness and love and care and compassion. And the truths, the deep truths of impermanent, unreliable, uncontrollable, other threads of what's happening in our lives, these two come together and our minds don't really understand how these can be a a coherent weaving. They get tangled up and so we get knotted up and the knots are anger and fear and hatred and confusion. And yet those knots of anger and fear and hatred and confusion are, it's a knot between this wish for safety and these truths of impermanent, unreliable, uncontrollable. And so honoring the knot helps us to connect with the threads of the wish, the wishes, the deep wishes for well-being and the truths. And so connecting with that with mindfulness helps us understand how these can um, interweave instead of get tangled up. And from that place, understanding both the impermanent, unreliable, largely uncontrollable nature of experience and our uh, wish for safety and happiness and well-being, there, there can be a, the, 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 the movement of the heart that wishes for well-being and happiness is moved to action, especially when it sees suffering. And so there is a movement towards action that can come with a connection to love and compassion and wisdom. Rather than out of that tangle of hatred or, or anger or fear or confusion, there can be a response that comes from a, a deeper place, a more wholesome place. And so what I'd propose is that this kind of exploration, taking the time to feel into the deeper threads of what's happening, when you have reactivity around something like this, news, like this news cycle, it can help us to connect with what's the deeper place from which our hearts want to respond. That movement for compassion is kind of a, it's very individual, you know, it comes differently for each of us. It doesn't look like one thing. And so what is it for you when you connect with that place? What is your heart 
when you connect with those truths of impermanent, unreliable, and the deep wishes for well-being and happiness, what is your heart moved? How is your heart moved to respond in the world? And honoring that, because it looks very different for different people. So I'm curious, um, any reflections or thoughts or comments about what you experienced in the in the um, little practice, reflection practice we did? you unmuted does that mean you want to say that? yes I read the headline that you mentioned this morning I felt outrage and sadness but I couldn't bring myself to read the rest of the article so I'm so glad that you um, taught us today about how to be with it and when you read it I could feel so much grief and sadness coming up and I got to feel it so thank you thank you Twee Nicholas yeah I, um, when I first read not, not this article but another one there was just a lot of numbness and uh, yeah when I kind of just was with the numbness and read the article a few times. And the, um, the image of the, the teacher that was found protecting the children was, it, it really, it's really stayed with me. And I think for me, that exactly, it kind of, for me, it really captures compassion. And, you know, there's, there are bullets and, there's nothing that teacher can do in that moment except put her body between the bullets and the kids. And it's been really moving for me to really connect with knowing if I were in that situation, that's how my life would end too. Hmm. And there's, you know, that sense of there's, there's no question. Um, yeah, I think it's, and just keeping it simple with the image and not going into all the stories and reading all the details has it kind of has given me space to just be with that experience of really respecting the compassion that that person showed at the end of their lives. Yeah, I think I think it's really it, for me at least it's been so helpful to let myself linger with the the simple pieces, not to go into all of the language because it, it just kind of takes me into my thinking that way. And it, it, it kind of pulls me out of the, of the feeling side of it. So, yeah, I found it also really helpful. And, and it, it, that, that has allowed me to have much more contact with the compassion side of it 
than, you know, getting into the story of all of, you know, what I think is wrong with the world right now. Yeah. Thank you, Nicholas. Olga. Yeah, thank you for doing this today. Um, I've been sort of allowing myself to read one article a day. It's been a week now. Today is a one week. Um, and then sort of moved into whatever feelings that article evokes. I mean, I, <laughs> I sort of cry daily about it. Um, but I think for me to um, feel my shared humanity with these people, with the people who uh, are suffering this anguish, has actually been a gift. And it feels so important to me at this time in our country's current uh, internal climate to understand that humanity and that um, and that shared anguish and grief. And it's complicated by the fact that I've also felt this need to find my shared humanity with the shooter, which is also very um, heavy. I, I can't describe it any other way. Uh, just a terrible heaviness. But um, it's just allowed me to feel some connectivity as opposed to being this singular person out here in a... <laughs> In a in a delusion of safety, um, doing that sort of intellectual exercise. Yeah, I mean, the the exploration around the the anger side of it. If if anger, if outrage comes up, if hatred arises, you know that for me in in my own like journey with looking at anger a lot. I have looked at anger a lot and really felt the shared quality of anger that it's not, you know, it's not just about me in this moment. It's, it's you know, that humanity has this capacity for anger and rage and it expresses itself. And in feeling that rage at times, I felt the wish to harm. I felt the, the movement that somebody suffer for what they did to me. And right there, you know, in feeling that, I mean, it's very humbling and it's hard. It's, it's painful to feel that. 
but it helps us to understand the web of conditions that lead to all of it. So it's, I think that that's the place, too, in exploring this whole thing. Not only do we touch into, I mean, it's like the threads. We touch into the threads of compassion and love and care and the threads of impermanent and unreliable, and we touch into the whole mix of those, the, the, the tangle of those, the anger itself or the hatred or the confusion or the fear. And in that, there's often a lot of learning about the conditions and the, the ways that humans are. And so that, that is really uh, a way into the connection with the whole thing. 